Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about how government spending affects the economy and your investments, and how to use that information to make money. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right. Today is Tuesday, May 25th. Let's let's get into it. I think I think I'm gonna do a deep dive today. Now I think that's that's the goal. What I'm gonna do today. The goal is gonna do a, do a deep dive into economics because the biggest part of my investment thesis, my you know where where I think the world is gonna be in the next five years is is part technology uh, because that's inevitable, but then the other Part, probably even the bigger part is understanding the economic system and the plumbing. And uh, a lot of people who I've talked to, clients and friends who I talk to one on one, are um, are shocked at my conviction around, you know, Bitcoin, and and, and how how convicted I am. But I think it's because it's like, um, you know, the way I explain it is, uh, imagine you've you studied something for 15, 20 years and you know it, like it's your, you know, for me, it's finance. Like I know, it. I know, I know the finance system. I know how it works. And I, you know, uh, and I'm not like somebody who sells mutual funds, like most financial advisors. Like I actually manage the money. I'm a chief investment officer. I pay attention to what's going on. And so like, I know this stuff. And, and so, you know, the, you know, the current system, you know, the holes in it, you know, like, I know, you know, why it's where the big problems is, I know that it's the cause of the wealth gap. I understand why, and I'm go over why. So then you see a solution that solves the problem, and you're like, "Well, man, this is obviously where it's going." Because you know, once the market is educated, and which is happening little by little, uh, once the market becomes more educated on what's going on, it it becomes inevitable. It's it's a lot like what happened in social media. The 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 kids, the young folks who grew up with the internet. They were always new to the new platform because they understand, you know, they understand, they grew up with tech, they understand tech, and then slowly it moves up the uh, education chain to older and older people, and you know, uh, and then everybody gets on it because the young folks already knew how valuable it was for communication, and, and we were just late. So same thing with finance, and and so this is technology eating up money. But let me explain. So the government doesn't make money, like we the government doesn't sell anything, and so. The way they make, the way they uh, get resources for different things that we need—schools, railroads, bridges, all that kind of stuff—is through taxes. And so they take taxes and direct it to different resources that we, as a, you know, as citizens, need. Um, and that, and those, you know, there is oversight by the politicians that we vote uh, into office. And what 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 has happened since civilization, since we've had governments, is. As we know, you know, uh, in, in politics, right? We even see politics as a bad word. There's politics. People in politics realize that they could uh, get reelected by doing favors because most, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't pay attention to details anyway. There's so much going on, and so they know, hey, if we if we can take care of these special interests, they'll give us campaign money. We can get reelected. We can give them some of the tax money, and so then you have that kind of system that that Washington swamp that we talk about that just takes more and more tax dollars, gives it to the cronies who get them 
big donations to get elected. And then you end up in a situation where taxes can't cover what we have to spend. And so then they have to borrow money from the citizens with government bonds, right? And and that's okay because it owes money to the system. It's not, it's not as bad. But that borrowing takes away from money that the citizens could have used to lend money to uh, other businesses or give to charities uh, or, or whatever. And so, and so you've seen there's, no, there's, there's a, there's a correlation between the lower funding and nonprofits and churches um, and um, you know, the, 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 the scarce, you know, it, it seemed like it's um, for the majority of the businesses, there's not as much money out there uh, for, 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 for bread and butter uh, business lending, but we'll, we'll cover that in, in a minute. So, so you go to that, and then once you exhaust your citizens from a bar, and then you go to foreign uh, people to borrow money, foreign countries to borrow um, to borrow money, and so that happened in America for a while. But around 2014, um, you know, China, uh, a lot of the other countries that we were borrowing money for just stopped borrowing as much money from us, and that, and so that, so we maxed out the, we start overspending our taxes, we maxed out on borrowing from the citizens, we maxed out on borrowing from foreign countries. So that's when a central bank has to come up with creative ways to lend money to the government, um, which, you know, from a legal standpoint, um, you know, they try to keep that separate and they don't want to like lend to the government. But the way they get around it is the government will borrow from the banks and the Fed will create money uh, like because the Fed can create money. So they create money uh, and then they just give the banks the money and take the bonds and put it on their balance sheet and magic. Right. They didn't technically create money and lend to the government. They created money. Um, and after the bank bought it with the understanding that they were going to you know, get the money from the Fed who created the money. Right. And they create some magical system, which I won't even go into MMT, but MMT just eliminates the, the, the little trickery and just says, hey, let's just eliminate that wall and allow us to just print it and, and, and buy it. So it's very similar to MMT, but they. They, they create that magical illusion so that it just doesn't make the currency look completely worthless, which which it already. So so being a finance person, this is why I'm like, OK, they're already doing MMT. It's already worthless. I understand where it is. And so and, and so you're beginning to see why so many people in finance who understand money, you know, just don't want to hold this money because we, we we understand what's happening. What, what also happens is when they're printing the money, it may not lead to inflation off the bat because they've been doing it since 2008 and it hasn't led to crazy inflation. And the, and the reason being is um, because the government short money. So all they're doing is they're saying, hey, we still need to pay for this military. We still need to pay for all these social programs like unemployment, social uh, social security, Medicare, which are huge obligations. So, you know, it, we we don't have the money to pay for it. So if we did not print the money, we would just uh, have to cut those programs and that wouldn't be good for politicians because people would be mad and they probably wouldn't get elected. And so it, it can't, it, it's not creating inflation because it's just, it's just filling a gap in the current spending that, that they, that they want to continue to do. It's not, it's not spending, it's not putting more spending in above um, what, what's currently there. Cause, cause to get inflation, you have to have more money, in, like more dollars in than what the economy needs. And um, the economy needs to actually like, um, you know, it, it has a shortage of dollars because it's over, because it's overspending. And so, um, um, and so this allows them to just kick the can, you know, down the road. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, because they are, um, because there's a shortage in the real, like the real economy, right? So there's a, since, since the government is propping up 
basically when they do this, they're propping up things that shouldn't be propped up. Right. So they're keeping they, they're doing one thing. They're keeping rates low, which helps the government borrowing so they can keep fulfilling their obligation. But this also keeps the rates low for companies that would have normally gone out of business. Like there's lots of big companies that are just no longer relevant, no longer productive for society, but they're just big. And since they're big and they're well established, um, they can borrow money cheaply and it keeps them uh, it keeps them in business. And if they would have gone out of business, then that would have forced the economy to train those new people to um, more productive businesses that can better help society. Um, but that doesn't happen like that. The businesses stay big, they stay unproductive. Their only value is the ability to borrow cheap and invest a lot of money and throw it towards problems, which creates problems for companies that are innovating and providing better uh, value to society. By the way, it doesn't stop them. I, mean, I use like a real, a real example and I'll talk about, you know, um, AT&T. AT&T is of a company that would have died a long time ago without cheap money. Uh, GE is another one. GM is another one. Ford is another one. They're very big, inefficient. Boeing is another one, right? Companies that have just been around so long and, you know, are in bed with the government through surveillance. And, and anyway, that's, that's a whole other conversation. But the point is um, um, uh, that, you know, we're distorting prices and having resources go towards you know companies that are not providing more value to society so google again providing a lot of value to society facebook provide a lot of value to society netflix because it's lowering the cost of things that we need um and services that we need to make our better quality of life um better and, and so what happens is since since you basically have uh, even though the 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 market price is being distorted. We as humans are smart, and so we know. Okay, um, there's a you know we can through our actions, right? Through our you know it's, it's like you know it's like ants or squirrels. Like their, their instinct allows them to know how to you know put away stuff, store for the winter, right? So our instincts knows that hey something's not right in the economy, right? So that manifests itself in uh, civil distress on the left and the right, right? We know we know we don't know what it. People don't know what it is, but they know something something doesn't feel right. And it also says, okay, the productive things that there's there's limited money for the productive things because they're they're using the money that that too much money in society for these unproductive things. So the productive things are scarce, um, and things that are bringing value to society. So it becomes a huge wealth gap because think about it, the companies I just mentioned they need lots of engineers, software engineers who can build these tools to bring us into the 21st century. And so since there's limited capital over there. Um, and a lot, and when we're having more people who are propped up in this current system, so the so, so the supply of labor, would, which would have normally came to the area where it provides more productivity, they're able to stay in the unproductive businesses and areas, and so there becomes a scarcity of people that are in the productive side, and it becomes a big wealth gap because in order for the unproductive system to stay afloat, it needs it needs this 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 phony money uh, from the government. And so they're able to say sustain and maintain, but the market knows that um, I'm, I'm not reinvesting over here. It already has too much money. So the market reinvests the limited cash that that it has over here in the productive area. And so you get a big wealth gap because engineers can make three, four, five, eight hundred thousand dollars, right? Because there's a limited supply of them. And so they could dictate the price or people who understand how to allocate resources uh, in this market, um, you know, wealth managers, uh, hedge fund folks. That, that do this for people that have capital because people with capital, they're like, Hey, I know what's going on. I'm not putting my money in this unproductive stuff either. So I need to find people who understand, you know, what's going on and can allocate 
my money appropriately so it does not get destroyed by the government money printing on the unproductive side. So you have that side, right? You 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 have like it's holding up manufacturing. Manufacturing with with the revolution of what's happening in manufacturing with 3D printing, with um, I mean, just technology all about Tesla and what it's doing in the, in the EV deal. Like we should we should have been have a lot of money towards this area, but uh, unproductive, unproductive uses of it have been going other places. But this could have you know, had some very great manufacturing jobs and, and people think, well, Philip, you just, you know, you did an episode on 3D printing and you talked about eliminating some jobs. I mean, it, it eliminates the jobs the way they look like in the past, but for example, in a 3D printing space, maybe, maybe Ikea, you don't go into Ikea and buy your, um, your furniture there, right? Maybe you have your 3D printer in the house, but you need somebody to help you design what you want. You got to pay somebody to design. So the same salesperson that would, help you pick out what they want they can they can be like designers right it's, it's lots of other things that you can do when you retool it or for example um you know you don't need traditional people on the assembly line but like before maybe to build these huge cars but you need you're going to need all kinds of service tech to help people service like the tech on an ongoing basis of the cars and and they still need people to build the cars but i just mean the way that the work is done is getting completely transformed and there's people that are knowledgeable about working on EV cars and those engineers and people who work on it, they're going to get paid lots of money. Like I was just talking to my buddy, you know, there's all kinds of crazy jobs that are just not being taken, taken, um, not enough people. Like, for example, when I got my Peloton delivered, like we had to pay the guy like 150 bucks to come in for 10 minutes and 20 minutes. I'm exaggerating, but it's probably like 20 minutes and set up the Peloton and, uh, you know, for us, cause we didn't know how to do it. Like there's un- with the new economy, there's all those types of new jobs that, um, um, that are available uh, that previously were not. But again, uh, the price distortion is messing up that the, the you know the market's ability to send signals to move people from one side of unproductivity to the other side of productivity. And so um, the, the 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 bigger picture or the takeaway or to drive it home, it's like okay, once you understand, all right, unproductive side, productive side, then you want to place your assets on the productive side. And so going back to what I was mentioned before. And it's funny, Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio is like the godfather of hedge fund managers. He is the, you know, the macroeconomic king. He understands this stuff better than everybody. And he was getting to a point to where he earlier this year was, we were like, okay, he's going to buy Bitcoin this year. And he announced it, I think yesterday or this week that he owns some Bitcoin. And that's like the last domino. Like he is all the institutions, they all countries, central bankers. They look to Ray Dalio right for advice and he's and he's on board and that was the last stone but it was something that like we realized like y'all who are listening you really i mean i bought bitcoin first time october 2019 then bought um and then you know bought again in may uh 2020 um but it was one of the deals where you're like okay ah, i get it i see that i see the problems and and not that i'm smarter than ray but i'm also like 37 and he's whatever 67 and so i was like i'm i'm more comfortable with tech and i was like oh yeah bitcoin it's going to eat money like Netflix ate Blockbuster, right? We, you know, since money's going to be worthless because they have to continue to print money and prop up this system because they they, they can't stop. If they stop supporting the system, Medicare goes away. Social Security goes away. Uh, government interest rates skyrocket. They, get, and they got to cut military spending. And the establishment is just not ready to do that right now, nor are the people. Like people will throw, throw them out of office 
you know, um, you know, in masses. And so it's a situation where you're just like, Hey, I have to just put my resources on the productive side. And so you think, you know, Bitcoin is the alternative to bonds and gold, right. On the unproductive side, or really just really, really bonds. Right. Um, it's, it's digital gold, right. Which makes it better than gold because it's tough to transport gold. Um, so you move it over there. Then you say, all right, do I want to put in, you know, do I want to, you know, have my assets in, you know, an AT&T or, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Apple? Um, do I want to have, you know, do I want to have my resources in banks or do I want to own Square, PayPal, Facebook, who's going to be a, a big digital wallet facilitator, Coinbase? Um, you know, do I want to have my assets in in gyms, right? In physical gyms, which by the way, they're not going away, but do I want to have my assets there? Or do I want to have my assets in Peloton? And so these are things that you want to think through as an investor, unproductive society versus productive society. Don't go where these big established behemoths, in my opinion, um, don't go where the big established behemoths are being propped up by phony money. Run away from that and run away from the phony money because people in cash and bonds are going to get destroyed as because they, they have to keep printing, which makes the value of the money worth Less and 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 less. So if you really want to deep dive, I would encourage you to listen to just Google Lynn Alden, L-Y-N Alden, A-L-D-E-N, and look up her piece on MMT. Like just Google Lynn Alden, MMT, Inflation. And deflation and QE. So QE, MMT, inflation and deflation, Lynn Alden. She wrote a long, but really good paper on it. Like if you really want to understand it, um, go to it. And if you don't want to read it, you can go to Bitcoin Audible um, and then and then and like if you search for the episode, search Bitcoin article with Bitcoin Audible with the same title, and you can listen to the podcast version of it. It goes even deeper. Um, but I think it's a it's a, you want to understand it as an investor because if you don't. I mean, you're going to, I don't know, in my opinion, you're going to get like destroyed over the next 5, 10, 15 years. So hope this helps somebody. Be back tomorrow. Enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.